Ketubot, Perakud Gimel, Mishnah Gimel. So the first of Admon's seven rulings that the sages deputed, Admon Omer Shuvah, Admon issued seven rulings, the first of which concerns this case. Misha Metz Vehinyach Banim Uvanot. Someone died and left sons who wish to collect their inheritance, and young daughters who wish to be supported from their father's estate. Um, so according to biblical rule, if a person is survived by sons and daughters, the sons inherit the entire estate. The Chachamim, though, institutes that the daughters receive support from the estates until they are betrothed or reach Bagrot. So in this case, the sages rule as follows, Bisman Shanachasim Murubim, when the estates has many properties, so more than enough to support both the sons and the daughters until the latter reach the estates of Bagrot, Habanim Yoroshim Vahabanot and Izonot, the sons inherit it all, and the daughters receive support from them. So the sons take possession of the entire estate and grant the daughters an allowance for, from it for their support. But when the estate has too few properties to support all the children until the daughters reach maturity, the daughters receive the full amount they need for their support until they mature and their sons inherit whatever remains. And when they have used that up, for their food, the sons have no choice but to go around begging at people's doors. The Admon disagrees with the first Tana in the second case, where the state is small. Admon Omer, Each son can claim, because I'm a male, I lose. That is, how can the sons who generally have stronger rights than the daughters have weaker rights in this case? Rather, the law is that when the state has few properties, the sons and daughters receive equal support until nothing's left. And Amma Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel said, I see the words of Admon as being correct. Mishnah Dalit, Admon's second ruling is based on the following law. When one person claims that another owes him a certain amount of money or goods, and the defendant admits that he is part of that amount, he must pay that part and take an oath denying that, that he owes the rest. This is the oath of Modeh Bemixat, one who admits part of a claim. When one person makes a claim against another and the defendant denies the complete claim completely, there is no need for him to take an oath to support his denial. However, when he does not completely reject the claim but admits to own part of it, he gives some support to the claim as a whole. The claimant can therefore require the defendant to swear that he does not owe the rest. If the defendant does not want to swear, he must pay the entire amount. Okay, so this is the oath of Mordebuvisat. However, if the claim was for one type of property, such as wheat, and the defendant denies owing that type but admits to owing another type, such as barley, he does not have to take an oath. If one person claims that another owes him jugs of oil, for example, he says, You owe me 10 jugs of oil, and the other one denies that he owes any oil but admits to owing, owing empty jugs. Admon Omer Admon says, Since he admitted to part of the claim, such as the jugs, Yushava, he must swear that it does not owe the oil. So according to Admon, when someone claims that he is owed jugs of oil, the claim is not only for the oil, but also for the jugs. Therefore, the admission regarding the jugs was for part of the claim and an oath is required. But the sages say, This admission is not for the same type of goods as the claim, because according to the Chachamim, the claim was, was demanding only the contents of 10 jugs and did not mean to claim the jugs themselves. Since the defendant does not admit to owing any part of the goods that were claimed, he does not have to take an oath. And Atana disagrees with Admon. Amar Gamliel, Ram Gamliel said, I see the words of Admon as being correct. Have a great day.